Thank you. So loved, and that's God the Father, so loved the world yeah. 
and he gave or sent his one and only son to save the world. God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world, but that through him it might be saved. John 3, 17. Amen? And the ones who get saved are the ecclesia, or the church, or the body of Christ, or the bride of Christ. And my prayer is that every one of you today is part of the ecclesia, part of the church. I don't mean a specific church, but in the body of Christ, the ecclesia, and that you are going to be at that wedding banquet. Amen. Because I'm going to be there. Amen. So I hope you're going to be there too. Enjoy me. The bridegroom came to his prospective bridegroom house to establish a covenant. He did that by a purchase price. You know where this is going. <laughs> this was called the ketubah. The ketubah, that's, that's Hebrew. Young, the young Jewish men had to buy their brides. My viewpoint is she got a bargain. <laughs> Yes. 
same way that you've just seen him go into heaven. What a promise. He's coming back. He's coming back for us. Thank you, Lord. And also, where Jesus himself said, and I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will, that's a promise, I will come back and receive you to myself. That where I am, in the Father's house, you may be also. Isn't that good stuff? Yes. <laughs> you want to get better? You think that's good? Oh, only just started, you've only had one barrel. <laughs> just as the bridegroom and his bride were separated for a period of time, so too are we now in a separation period from Christ our bridegroom from the time of his departure nearly 2,000 years ago until he returns which could be imminently anytime. There's going to be no sign to point that he's going to return. Not if you're a preacher of rapturist. And he will return for his bride the church as he promises here in John 14 and I'm going. And he did. He went to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again, I'll keep repeating this verse, I can't help it, and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Wow. When it was time to return, sorry, thank you Brian, that was great, nice one. Okay, so I'll get carried away here. When it was time to return for his bride, he would leave his father's house, yes, by permission of the father. Only the father could tell him when to go. Because only the Father knew when the time was ready, when everything was in place and everything was set up. Hence Jesus said, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son himself. Only the Father knows, Matthew 24, 36. And that is why it's not just because Jesus is lesser and doesn't know. He doesn't know because it's the Father's job in the Jewish tradition to say, go get a boy. <laughs> and that's why. That's why. It's not because Jesus is lesser in knowledge and wisdom. It's just that it's the Father's duty to do that by Jewish tradition. Amen? Are you still with me? Yeah. Johnny could have opened that second barrel in a minute. Okay, so um, the Jewish bridegroom would leave his father's house unannounced. You're hitting it now until it's time to fetch his bride. She never knew what time he would come for her. She would never know what time he would come for her. Hence, she had to be ready to go at all times and at any time. Yeah. Amen. Think about that. Hence, Jesus said. So you too must keep watch. Watch and pray. For you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Well, wow. Matthew 24, 42. Good. So on that unannounced night, the bridegroom, now we'll go to the natural now again, into the, the traditional mode. The bridegroom would get his best man and his male escorts together so they could secretly this was done secretly at first. So they could secretly return for the bride, the secret appearance of Jesus. Together they would begin a torchlight procession through the city to the bride's house, winding their way 
from street to street, blowing the shofar and shouting, Behold, the bridegroom comes! People would see what was happening and they too would set up a shout of, Behold, the bridegroom is coming! And that would go from street to street, from house to house, way ahead of the bridegroom until that shout reached the bride. And then she would call her bridesmaids to her and they would get the final preparations ready for her to meet. Amen. Amen. Now this is where it gets very interesting. You can say, oh really? Because by now you're probably thinking, what's this got to do with the rapture? What's this got to do with the rapture? Well, I'm glad you asked the question, because I won't answer it. By analogy, the scripture teaches that at the end of the separation period, that's AD, 2,000 years ago, from AD 33, to now, Jesus will come for us, leaving his house in heaven, the Father's house, and coming towards the earth at an unannounced time. Okay? An unannounced time. No one knows the day or the hour. It's an imminent event and could happen at any time. Could happen today. Wow. It could happen today. Hence, we must continually be prepared and looking up for our redemption is drawing in. That doesn't mean to say we'll go around with our heads in the cloud and do nothing down here. Because Jesus also occupied occupied until our return. So we've got stuff to do. So we've got one way on the earth and our, our ministry. We've got one way up there. Yeah? So it's looking like that. We're watching. We're aware that his return is going to be imminent. And it could be any time at all. Amen. So no one knows that they are. And likewise, we read in 1 Thessalonians 4 that Jesus will also return with an escort to the air, not to the ground. He will return to the air. For the, and it says, For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel. And this archangel is Christ's escort, a bit like his best man sort of thing. Yeah? And just as the Jewish bridegroom's coming will be announced with a loud shout of trumpet blast, so too will Christ return, be with a loud shout and with a trumpet call of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 And that's when we will know, because we will hear the trumpet blast. We will hear the shout of the Lord. We will hear the roar of the archangel. Only those attuned by the Holy Spirit of God, those who are born again, part of the Ecclesia, part of the Bride, part of the Church, those will hear and will be caught up to meet Him in the air, not on the ground, as some will teach. But that's okay, I have no problem with that. Except that I differ to that. Paul clearly teaches us in 1 Thessalonians for that Christ doesn't come to the earth at this event, but to the air. And the bride is caught up to meet him. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and those of us who are alive at the time will be caught up with them to be with the Lord forever in the clouds. Let's be caught with him 
interesting that Paul said, those of us who were alive at the time. So he believed in an imminent pre-tribulation rapture, because he put himself there. Those of us, he said, not those of them in 2,000 years' time, or 2,010 years' time, those of us now, he said, you and me, us, will be caught up. Now, if he wasn't, and we haven't been yet, so we know that there's a period where the Father is still preparing. But when that last Gentile comes in, whoever that may be, then the Father will say, go. So Christ then takes his bride to be with him forever to his Father's house in heaven. In the natural ceremony, the bride and all her friends go to the larger ceremony at the Father's house. This is the natural. Where first of the bride and groom privately enter into the chupa. It looks like chupa, but it's pronounced chupa. So they enter to the, into the hoopa or the bridal suite and they go in there, and this is an interesting number, for seven days. Seven's an interesting number, isn't it? It's perfection, completion. It's a complete number. They go in there for seven days where they would enter into physical union and consummate their marriage. Interesting that they would stay in the hoopa for seven days after which the bridegroom Bring her out, her veil removed, or get all, a little goosey thing thinking about it, because you know who's got a good veil until the time of their revealing. I've actually got goosey. I've got goosey. Well, interesting, they would stay in the hoop for seven days, after which the bridegroom would bring her out, her veil removed, and revealed for who she is to everyone present. We have got that to come. Yeah. It stops you thinking about all this heat for a minute and all the unpleasantness that's going on in the world. I think one day the veil will be taken off and the world will see this bunch of folk who do silly things like jumping up and down, clapping hands and waving God. They will see us for who we really are, his bride. Perfect, spotless, without wrinkle. We ain't that yet. If you are, then I'm going to leave this church. I'm going to mess the church up. I'm going to make it look messy. Okay? I'm still, I've still got plenty of wrinkles and spots and blemishes. Yeah? I'm not the only one, am I? No. By analogy, Jesus will also return to his father's house via the Harpazzo, which is great for the rapture, and enter into hiding in the bridal suite, not for seven days, you've guessed it, seven years. Think about it. It's a pre-trib rapture, the seven days become seven years, seven years of tribulation. So we'll be hidden with Christ in heaven for seven years. I believe that we'll go through the ceremony and we'll go through the BBC judgment at that time. And then after seven years, the tribulation period will come to a close 
return to the earth in all his glory. Who's he going to be with? His glorious bride. She will come down with him and he will reveal her to the world. And the world will see what they missed. Now there are going to be people, I believe, saved through the tribulation period, but they are not the ecclesia. They are not going to be part of the body of Christ, and they are not going to be his bride. They'll get through, and they'll go into the millennial kingdom and enjoy the benefits of that. But we have got something special. Not because we're special, simply because we bowed the knee to Jesus. About the me. We've humbled ourselves and not saying, I did it my way. We sing, I did it his way, or I did it your way. Your way, your way. And that takes humility because then we've got to confess and acknowledge that we are helpless sinners lost in a dark, horrible, evil world. But the best is yet to come. Amen? Amen. So Christ will come and he'll return to the earth in all his glory, with his glorious, shining bride at his side. And then together, they, which includes us, the bridegroom and his bride, will rule and reign forever. Amen? Amen. So just before I go on to the final section and get, get the next panel out. Uh, yes, please. I've got some there. There could be a bit more. Okay. Does she look after me now? <laughs> She's amazing. We all know that, don't you? First, I just want to, I'm just going to, this is what I call an interlude. Okay. So, it's not going to be in though. It's a surprise for people, Kiora. It's Kiora that used to come round. Kiora, and you'd pop the... Yeah. And then you'd have the lollies and then have the cups. So, this is an interlude. I've got to ask this question to everyone, so I want your ears open. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? Are you going to be part of that glorious bride? She's going to be astounding. I mean, Rachel's astounding. She still is. But this bride is going to be us. I just, we, you can't comprehend it. I'm trying to. I'm, you try to find it, you can't comprehend what all of us, just in this small church, this small ecclesia, with all our faults, and, and failings and foibles and all that, that we just just imagine us, but you are talking about the universal church of Jesus Christ. All fit together perfectly. The thumb in the right place, the nail in the right place, the hair. <laughs> the hair in the right place. Perfect. Spotless, without wrinkle or blemish. Wow! And you and I can be part of that, but if you do not bow the knee to Jesus Christ and humble yourself 
and say, I am a sinner, but by grace I can be saved. It's a free gift of God, then you are lost. And this will be the subject of my final message, which will come in a, whatever, a couple of months' time, when I've been looking at the final harvest. And we started with the harvest in the Started with the harvest in the, in the Samaritan woman, and I've built all the way up. We're going to see the final two harvests the harvest of the lost and the harvest of the saved. And then I don't know where we can go from there. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to just, just quietly bow your heads for a moment and just ask yourself just speak to your soul, speak to yourself, and say, Am I truly part? of the ecclesia, the church, not just any individual fellowship, the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Jesus Christ. And if you can't say that and you want to, then I just want to ask you to say a little prayer and go and talk to Judy afterwards after the meeting or whatever. Just say a prayer. Dear God, I realise from what I've heard is that I'm missing out on something special. The church might look, look brilliant at the moment, but it's going to be a glorious bride, and I really would like to be part of that bride. So God, I ask in Jesus' name that you, by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, would come right now into my heart. I repent, I turn away from my sinful life, receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Saviour. And I want to follow you for the rest of my days so I can grow more and more to be like you and fit into this body of Christ. I receive you, Jesus. Amen. And finally, and this won't take long, could I have the... Chapter 13, you can check it out. I got through the Last Supper. 
He told them about the betrayal. Judas had left the group. It's telling them that they've got to learn to serve each other. The greatest is going to be the least. And he's teaching them that they were going to scatter and leave him and desert him. And Peter, in special, was going to betray him. Deserting, denying him. Sorry, Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. Get the words right. Peter would deny him. So there would be trouble. Wouldn't you be troubled if you're going through all that? Would your heart be troubled? What's going to happen to us? We've followed him for three years plus, and now he's going and leaving us. He's going to leave us with this paracletos, this, this Holy Spirit. We never, we don't know what that is. We don't know what it's going to look like, and he's going away. It's because our hearts would be troubled. And the hearts were troubled, but Jesus said, do not be troubled. Turn to Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 13. Brothers, we do not want you to bring them to bow those things who fall asleep, or grieve and be sorrowful like the rest of them who have no hope. So there you see a parallel symmetry in the passage of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, which is a teaching of the rapture. And you've got a symmetry there. Troubled and sorrowful. Can you see where this is going? Next one. Believe. So Jesus said in verse 2, um, no, it's verse 3, is it? Verse 1 still. Believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. So believe. And if you turn to Thessalonians, and verse 14, First Thessalonians 4, 14, we read, we believe, there's that word again, we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring Jesus, those who have fallen asleep, with him. So believe, we see there as well. Okay, can you see the symmetry? Only, only the Holy Spirit can do something like that. No man worked that, that out. No way they worked that out. Next one. God and me. In John 14. In my Father's house. Verse 1 still. I'm saying verse 1. I'll tell you what. Let's show up the notes. Keep looking up there. Verse 1 still. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then in Thessalonians, um, <coughs> verse 14, thank you. So I've got this notes here, I've got all these Bibles in history. <laughs> 14. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we are, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus. Those who have fallen asleep in him. So you've got Jesus and God. You've got God, Jesus. Okay? You, see the, you can see the symmetry. Okay? And this is a passage, Thessalonians, a passage on the rapture. So this, I believe, is confirming that John 14, verse 1 to 4, is a passage on the rapture as well. Okay? Are you still with me? Yeah. I'm nearly finished. Please just bear with another couple of minutes. Okay? Told you, say to you, tell you so in John 14, 2. In my father's 
house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? So he's told them he's going to prepare a place for them. And in Thessalonians, verse 15, chapter 4, verse 15, it says this, if I can find it. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Is that the right one? Yeah. yeah. So I tell you, we say to you, we tell you, we're talking to you, we say it, we're declaring it. Okay? Okay. Come again. Not you. Come again. Okay. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be where I am, or receive you unto myself. And Thessalonians 4.15 says, I see it, according to the Lord, Lord our word, we tell you that we are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord. Okay? So can you see that? Come again, the coming of the Lord. Okay? There we have receive you, or take to you, or catch you up. So, verse 3 of John 14. If I can find it. So I'm going to pass it to Stephen up. And if I go and get a place for you, I will come again and take you with me to myself. That where I am, you may be also. I will receive you, I will take you with me. And then in um, 17, verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians 4, we have, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together. So Jesus, receive you, catch you up. You'll be caught up, be received into the air with Christ. So can you see the symmetry? We're nearly there. Okay, I promise. So verse 3, Jesus says, to myself, um, and I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, take you to myself, and verse 17 again, so after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air, so we will be with the Lord forever, so we will meet the Lord in the air, catch it up to, where is it, to myself, okay? And finally, and I'm meaning this time, to be where I am, verse 3, John 14, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And finally, verse 17, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, it is, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, so you can see that symmetry uh, just showing that the passage of the rapture is exactly like the passage of Jesus' wedding, which is that rapture. At least that's my viewpoint. I'm going to pray and I'm going to hand back over to Jenny, who did a lovely job. There you go. Fantastic. Thank you, Jen. That was awesome.